Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. Go to sleep! to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, Alright, welcome back in now on this uh, Thursday. It is March the 12th as uh, as we try to make heads or tails as to uh, what is happening here around the country. The coronavirus uh, is getting all the headlines as it has Affected just about everything to do in the world of sports here is the NBA forced to shut uh, to shut its season down, suspended as uh, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the virus. That, of course, set off a chain reaction uh, that began last night that uh, trickled down to the uh, New Orleans game uh, late night against Sacramento uh, because the, the ref that had just Reft in the Utah game the night before was set to uh, set to be on the floor. They canceled that. They can't. They right. suspend. Not canceled. It seems suspended the season as of right now. Uh, but I think we all know in our heart of hearts that that means uh, we probably won't revisit the NBA again until the playoffs begin. These final 18 or 19 games for teams are probably gone. The big question is. Uh, what are we going to get? 50 games on tap today in college basketball as tournaments across the country are set to take center stage. We know they're not going to be with fans. That was determined yesterday afternoon. We know the tournament itself next week uh, will not be any fans in attendance, uh, at least general public fans. So you have to wonder now that uh, patient zero in the NBA uh, reared its head there with Rudy Gobert. Uh, will the NCAA, will these tournaments, the ACC, SEC, will the rest of them uh, fall suit here and just cancel it all together? We still have not heard this morning, but that is uh, obviously, that is a topic of discussion among people where what do you what do you do if the pros are canceling it? How do you let the amateurs keep going uh, even without the fans? Well, that is yet to be determined. If it does, in fact, take place where... Listen, we're it's full steam ahead here, guys. Until uh, until doctors tell us otherwise, uh, you're going to have 50 games on board here today, and we'll take a look at some of these uh, big matchups coming up. Uh, the NBA get used to life without it until middle of April. We'll see what happens then. Then nothing guaranteed there either. But we'll check in with Dan Strafford now. Let him get you the latest headlines uh, around the world of sports, and then we'll come back. We'll start breaking it down here on the Grid SportsGrid.com. Well, guys, a crazy night throughout the sports world, and we do wake up to a world with no professional basketball in the United States. Last night, the NBA suspended the rest of their season indefinitely. This comes after Utah Jazz Center Rudy Gobert was said to have tested positive for the coronavirus. It was a crazy, crazy scene in Oklahoma City as the Thunder and Jazz were set to play before being sent back to their locker rooms after consulting with the NBA League office, the game was called. The NBA is also telling players from the Cavs, Knicks, Celtics, Pistons, and Raptors to self-quarantine. There were some games in the NBA that did go on, four of them in fact, 
The 76ers beat the Pistons 124 to 106. Joel Embiid with 30 points, 14 rebounds in that one. The Knicks beat the Hawks 136 to 131. Julius Randle with a double-double, 33 points and 11 rebounds. The Hornets bested the Heat 109 to 98, and it was the Mavericks beating the Nuggets 113 to 97. A scary scene for Nebraska coach Fred Hoiberg. He was ill on the bench, but he's been diagnosed with influenza, the common flu, after being taken to the hospital following the Cornhuskers' 89-64 loss to Indiana on Wednesday in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Orberg left the game with four minutes remaining after looking ill on the bench. At this moment, college basketball conference tournaments are going on as scheduled today. The Mariners will move home games out of Seattle through the end of March following the state of Washington's decision to ban large group events as a response to the outbreak of coronavirus. Seattle have been scheduled to open the season at Safeco Field. Johnny Cueto will start on opening day for the San Francisco Giants against the L.A. Dodgers. Cleveland Indians right-hander Carlos Grasco does not have structural damage in his sore pitching elbow. The Indians announced Wednesday then MRI confirmed that Carrasco is, quote, dealing with mild right elbow inflammation. And in the NFL, the Packers have released tight end Jimmy Graham, saving them $8 million. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much as we uh, as we all wait to uh, to hear as whether or not there will continue to be uh, any basketball of uh, any kind here, including the 50 games today. NHL has said that they will uh, make an announcement later today. They have 10 games on tap tonight uh, as far as what they're going to do for the remainder of the regular season. They, like the NBA, are kind of at the end of the road here. It's the playoffs just around the corner for them. And, you know, as sports investors, uh, you've got to be looking here and go, all right, now what am I supposed to do? And if you are somebody holding a ticket right now, a future ticket, whether it be a win total or it be a, uh, let's say, MVP or uh, or champion or, you know, I, you know, I took the Lakers to win it all. Uh, those tickets are going to be all right. The tickets you got to worry about, you got to check with your books and and worry from the standpoint of, you're going to get your money back, but it's it just won't be a valid ticket. Is that any regular season win total bets are almost always based upon 82 games. So if the 82 games can't be played, um, there is a uh, there is a pretty good indication that uh, that ticket will be refunded. It'll be null and void. It's a push. Here's your money back, which sucks if you invested, you know, any sort of money through a season and, uh, you know, were. We're expecting that to be, and you might have already cashed that ticket, and hopefully you did, but some, uh, you know, or came close. Those that right. only need another winner to gain, well, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a rough day for them too. I mean, there's no way around it. But know what your book's house rules are because they change sportsbook to sportsbook. Yeah, and we say that, and we've said that in other situations before, right? when there's lightning strikes and games don't finish, when there's condensation on the court and games don't finish, you know, we've always said, check the fine print on what it is that makes your bet, um, you know, valid or what, right. it, what threshold it has to cross. And it's the same thing, whether it's over the course of a game or over the course of an entire season. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, it's worth noting uh, across the board here, guys, yeah. that if you are holding tickets, um, first of all, you don't know how long it's going to be. So don't do anything crazy with them. Burn them, rip them up and and be all frustrated. Uh, just check with the book and make sure you understand what uh, what needs to happen in order for you to cash it. Because at the very worst, you're right. getting your uh, you're getting your money back. Had, uh, so, it's kind of like a 14 parlay in the NBA last night. You hit mm-hmm. three of them. 
And the last right. one was Pelicans Kings. You hit yes. it as a one team. Yeah, you, it just goes one down. Exactly. <laughs> the Pelicans Kings would be treated as a push like anything else. So you would still cash on the remainder if you got all the games right on that ticket. So uh, two of the six games got canceled last night. They did play four. And of course, some uh, some upsets uh, in that with uh, the Knicks uh, ending up winning out in overtime over Atlanta. You had the Charlotte Hornets beating uh, the Miami Heat in Miami. Something uh, has not been done. And you had uh, Dallas taking care of business at home, getting a couple of points against the Denver Nuggets, who can't close anybody out. And you had some upsets uh, yesterday in college basketball, including Dane's Cuse. The Cuse showed up and showed out last night. Elijah Hughes was like, I am not losing to North Carolina again. It's not happening. Uh, He drops 18 of his 27 in the first half. It was over in the first half. They boat raced him. They scored the last 18 points of the first half. It was ridiculous. Uh, You're talking about a 43-22 halftime lead. At that point, it was pretty much over. But just for good measure, Syracuse went out, dropped 38 in the second to North Carolina's 31. And what you have was a epic beatdown of uh, of huge proportion, 81-53. Now the Q's get to advance, and uh, which is great uh, for them because uh, a Syracuse game used to be for all those years. I the the North Carolina score doesn't surprise me because going up against the behind two three zone for many years has has caused the team to to shoot yeah. just that, but. The 81 points by Syracuse just goes to show you it's not your grandfather Syracuse and Jim Beheim anymore. This team can drop 80 to 100 points on any given night. They've done so all year long, averaging uh, mid to upper 70s per game. They they are scoring machines, and uh, Elijah Hughes is a big reason for that. They are alive. We said they they got to win some games in the tournament. They're they're a bubble team. And boy, oh boy, if they uh, have an opportunity to keep winning maybe one or two more games here, Syracuse is going to the dance. Yeah, we've talked about this, Joe. There will be teams in these Power Five conferences that don't even necessarily win the conference, but make a run and augment their resume and look good. And Syracuse could be one. I would say this. The win over North Carolina is not enough to put them over the hump but it's in front of them today. If they get a win against Louisville today, who is the three seed in the ACC tournament, and then yeah. have a matchup, say, against Duke or Florida State, you know, they, they have it in front of them. They're looking good. They got a window today against the Louisville Cardinal. Yeah, and, uh, and listen, I don't trust Louisville at all uh, in this spot, too. It is a uh, road game, after all. It's a neutral site game. And uh, Louisville has shown their propensity to uh, to have some issues, uh, shall we say, certainly on the road and in neutral site situations. And Syracuse got uh, got a lot of energy and a lot of excitement going on right now. And a good strategy that that I like to employ, guys, that takes center stage here during this time is keep an eye on those teams that have not played in a while, like a Louisville. Okay, it's been it's been a hot minute since Louisville's played in a court. And the last time they played, it wasn't all that great to begin with uh, as they limped to the finish line going up against a team that is just dropped, you know, 80 points last night. Watch them in the first half. Those teams that are sharp have already played at the neutral kite, uh, the neutral site court. They are already prepped, ready to go. Syracuse in the first half tonight against Louisville. Not saying they'll win the game. 
But I bet right. you they win the first half uh, rather easily having been there last night. Yep, that, that makes sense to me. We'll check those first half lines and some of the yep. other conference games on the other side of the break. If you yep. want to pay, pay. Oh, Iona. Iona. Way to go, Iona, baby. The Gales. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Golf betting on demand. What Bryson is doing off the tee right now is very historic, okay? We know that he has said, I'm gonna bulk up. I'm gonna learn how to hit the ball uh, further. I'm going to Im improve my club head speed. I'm gonna improve my ball speed. Well, he's done that. And the numbers that he's putting up off the tee are actually insane right now. Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. All right, welcome back in the early line. Uh, we've got a um, total system play uh, that is on the board here tonight. We'll uh, we'll give you that. And, of course, uh, those of you that uh, don't know the difference between a trend and a system, a trend is uh, specific to one team uh, or, a, or a matchup in particular, while a system is usually league-wide, conference-wide, or in general terms uh, over a much bigger sample size. And uh, the system uh, in play here tonight has to do with the totals over 150 on neutral site games. Uh, and the under, believe it or not, what a shock, uh, has been extremely profitable since 2005 uh, to back a under in a game neutral setting over 150. In fact, it's gone 191, 140, and 8. That's good for 58%. Since 2005, that is a great, obviously, percentage. Uh, that is a great system over a big sample size. And it's also been profitable 11 of the last 16 years uh, in this uh, particular spot during the conference play. And you got two games on the board here tonight with that. One of them is Cal State Northridge taking on Cal State Fullerton. Uh, 153 is the number there. And then, of course, the Big East matchup. You got Seton Hall taking on Marquette. That's at 9.30 tonight, and that total is 151. So uh, the system tells us the unders ought to play in both of those spots, neutral sites, over 150. Can't say I argue with it, Dane, and I'm never going to argue with a 58% system that's in play on the board tonight. Absolutely. 58% sounds good enough to me. I'm seeing the Duke-NC State game as well as 152.5 for a total. I don't know, though. I mean, Duke and North NC State, both Carolina schools being played in the Greenbow Coliseum, uh, Greensboro. I don't know if that's not considered a neutral site, but there you have another one. You got Minnesota-Iowa in Indianapolis today. That's at 149.5. That yep. could threaten that 150 number as well. But it makes sense to me, Joe. We've talked about it for the better part of the last few weeks, if not months, right? We talk about the unfamiliar building and what is a more pressurized situation. And 
handicapping the performance and the motivation of 18 and 19 year olds. But then again, Joe, with every system that we have talked about over a long period of time, this week could always be an outlier because this is a very unique situation that we have to add into the system. You know, so we will see. But generally, that makes sense to me. I just didn't hit it. Yesterday, remember in the A10, I had like George Mason, uh, you know, it was like 143 and a half, and I just missed that under. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, the second half got a little <laughs> ridiculous there. They stopped playing defense, but yeah, yeah no, it was certainly good in the first half, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one basket here or there is uh, is really all it uh, came George down to. Uh, but listen, for the most part, and, and I said congratulations to the Gales, not because they won, but because they covered. Uh, they were getting two and a half points against St. Peter's uh, last night, and they lost by two. So again, Gail, I want you to understand this, Iona. Uh, good teams uh, win, great teams cover. So yep. you're a great team in my eyes. Don't ever forget that. So congratulations <laughs> to St. Peter's. But this Marquette-Seton Hall game tonight is a very interesting game, Dane, because you have a situation where Seton Hall is limping into this conference tournament, guys. They are, uh, uh, they've gone through a couple of stretches here this season where it's just been all downhill. They're too good a team uh, w- with Miles Powell at, at the helm here not to be able to win some games and put a stretch together, which is what makes them intriguing. And yet they're going up against it. They're 18 and 12, right? But they've lost six of their last seven games going into this one tonight. And they've lost already two times this year to Marquette. Mm. So you've got to look at this and go now, can Marquette make it, you know, three for three? Can Marquette get it done? It is always difficult to beat a team three times in a year, especially a talented uh, team here. And... There's an opportunity, I think, here for uh, for Seton Hall to get uh, to get right uh, again. Uh, Marquette has not been good, but I do think Seton Hall as well has been one of these programs that they need to get it together, Dane, because they can yeah. be and should be. And we've talked about them all season long. They should be in the discussion. We're talking a top three or four seed, right, in a bracket. They could go, but you're also got it. They've gone through these stretches where they just – the better teams, Creighton's uh, beat them along those lines. They've taken care of Marquette, but the question is, can they uh, can they take care of him for a third time? I don't know. The odds and the history tells us not an easy task to do for Seton Hall tonight, uh, laying three and a half points. And, Joe, you know, this is a matchup where it is taking place at Madison Square Garden. Yes. Seton Hall has a tremendous proximity advantage than Marquette in this scenario, right? This would have been, you know, I believe there would have been a lot more blue in that building tonight for Seton Hall. It was almost a home game for them. But then now with it being played without fans, I wonder if this is also a game where a team like Seton Hall will have the, I don't want to say letdown, but, you know, I think the impact of no fans in the building – Hurts Seton Hall more than most teams in neutral sites because they were it was in their backyard. Yes, that's right. Yep. And the oh, inter- yeah. they they won both games by at least eleven points on average. So they handled Marquette. But to your point, sometimes that means ah we know we can beat them. Uh, uh, yeah. That's when you that's when you get bit in those types of situations. It is. 
It is, and I'm looking back at the previous games. You know, when they played them, they were they they took care of them yep, at home. Absolutely, by fourteen. You know, I mean, again yep. on the road by nine. But yep. who knows, Joe? And this also not for nothing, Joe. This is the one of the last games of the day. Okay, yeah, is. this is this is one of the last. This is the last game at uh, MSG today. I I, I honestly. The first game and the last game today, we may have a new policy in place over the so course true. of the day. You know, yep. so these sorts of, what happens if literally in the middle game, a 65-year-old coach at the end of the bench for Villanova starts yep. getting a little sniffly? Yep. And then who knows? Uh, I, I tend to think that they'll make a decision prior to 12 o'clock tip-offs. You know, but if they're they... if they're planning on moving forward with it, then they're going to move forward with it. But if they are planning on canceling it, we'll certainly get it before the tip off, uh, as these teams are sure. already in these locations, ready to go. There won't be any fans, but you know, Seton Hall at this point, having beaten them pretty handedly, they're just a bad matchup. But they have, you know, they've got their own Miles Pal in Marcus Howard, who is a scoring machine, probably. Uh, you know, certainly in the discussion for uh, player of the year here, the kid is just absolutely dominant, can drop 32, 35, 40 on you. Usually that's enough for Marquette to get over some some teams that obviously they're at least equal or better. But Seton Hall's just better than them this year. They're kind right. of a matchup nightmare because they can bring in that kid named Miles, Miles uh, Powell. So um, Seton Hall at a small number, given the fact that we know They've already gone ahead and beaten them twice. Uh, they're probably the smart play here at three and a half points, or at least, like you said, maybe a money line play here tonight is in order. I, you know what, Joe? I'm I, I'm going to be heavy on money lines today mm-hmm. because, as you say, Joe, the spread is the great equalizer. But there's yes. just so much unknown today. You know what I might be going is find me Miles Powell, find me Obi Toppin, find me yep. you know these players, right? Um, you say, I'm just going to go with the best team. I may just go with the team that has the one player who can be dominant. You know, yes. find, me, find me the best player on the court. And that's what might be what I'll ride with. And I'll take them on a money line kind of situation. Yeah. And, uh, and that's going to be an, it's an interesting tournament, the Big East tournament. You know, quarterfinals here today. You had Xavier lose last night, uh, which I don't think anybody saw coming as DePaul took care of business there as a six and a half point uh, dog. They ended up taking them down. So now all of a sudden the shape of the the Big East, uh, you got Creighton today finally on the court taking on St. John's. And listen, Creighton's going to be a two seed, guys. Uh, They are going to be a two seed. They are a train that I'm not sure many teams want to get in front of. Listen, St. John's won a conference game here, guys. They beat Georgetown uh, yesterday. Uh, St. John's is one of these teams to me where it's feast or famine with them. They either put it all together and they look great. They can drop 80, 90 points or they look like garbage. They score 46 and they get bounced out of the gym. There's really no in between for St. John's all year long. That's true. I care more about Creighton, though, Joe. I really do. You could be a two seed. I'm going to tell you right now, part of me, I really like Creighton. Okay. part of me hopes they get upset. So that less people are on them next week. You know what I mean? But then there's also a universe. Joe, they win the Big East tournament and Baylor gets upset or Florida State gets upset. 
There's a universe, in my opinion, where Creighton can still be a one seed. All they need is two teams in front of them to kind of defecate the mattress. If they go ahead and are the Big East champions, right, and Baylor gets upset early or Dayton doesn't do the job, I, I think it's possible for Creighton to get all the way up to the one line. Well, they'll have to do it because I, I remember this game because I, I lost a quite a bit of money on it. Um, the last time the Blue Jays lost was against St. John's, 91 I, to uh, 71. They got blown I, out. So this is a bit of a uh, revenge spot. I, and that was just two weeks ago, guys. And I, I'm fairly certain Creighton is not going to uh, do what they did in that game, which was, you know, they were riding high at that particular time. St. John's uh, was kind of a, uh, oh, we can beat them, no problem. And then they got boat race, certainly in the in the first half. And before they knew it, the game was out of control. I think they'll they'll be ready to go here. But St. John's got a little momentum. They got a win under their belt. Creighton's now coming in. They got to play. It's a revenge spot. Um, right. I'd be shocked if uh, if St. John's keeps this one close. Creighton is going to win this game. The question is by how many. We'll go ahead and talk about the lines, the spreads. We'll cover a few other games. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid, if we have. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here to the uh, grid as we uh, continue to take a look at the uh, 50 games on the board here today in college basketball. And again, uh, no word as of yet this morning on whether or not uh, these games will actually happen. As we all know, the NBA has uh, was forced to go ahead and uh, shut down and suspend their operation at least until the playoffs, which is about a month away here. And so far... The only thing we've heard from the NCAA or any of these conference uh, tournaments is that uh, fans will not be allowed in the arena starting today. So uh, they will be moving uh, forward these games without any fans, nobody in the stands. I haven't seen an awful lot of crazy line movement yet because of the fans. But uh, like Dane and I talked about in the, in the first hour here, there are some you know pros and cons as to what uh, we may see here and. When it comes to 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, you know, they've been playing. They didn't start out loving the sport and playing the sport and practicing the sport and playing games uh, because they wanted to play in front of people. They did it because they played the game. So it's innate in every athlete, uh, even at the college level, that they're just going to go out and they're going to play. Now, we know that home crowds mean a lot in the college uh, world, especially in basketball. The numbers bear it out and, and prove that home court advantage is something that is definitely going to be there. But at the same time, you are going to get, to me, it comes down to talent level. All of these teams that are going to play today with no fans in a the building, there is definitely, Dane, on paper, there is a team that is just better than the other team. 
it's like a scrimmage. You know, very rarely uh, will the lesser talented team beat the regular team in a scrimmage. And I think that's how we have to approach looking at some of these games here where Kansas, Oklahoma State, for instance, here. Uh, Oklahoma State comes back. They win against Iowa State there yesterday. They have been on fire. Uh, they roll into this game. Kansas didn't play yesterday. It's been a little while. So Oklahoma State's got everything rolling, but they lost the first time to them by five. They lost the second time to them a couple of weeks ago by 25. There is a talent discrepancy between Kansas wow. and Oklahoma State. And now you take the fact that an Oklahoma State fans travel well, uh, that there's not going to be anybody in this building uh, here in tonight on either side. To me, the better team is going to win. And in situations like this today, I'm just going with the better team. Uh, don't overthink it. The better team is Kansas. They're kind of a must play today. Yeah, and I mean, I would say the same thing. Um, in the Big East, you got Villanova taking on mm -hmm. DePaul. DePaul, who got through yesterday via an upset. But will they have enough steam in the tank two games in two days and now stepping up in class? You know, I agree when all things are equal and having no fans in the building may kill a home court advantage or the idea of momentum on yep. some, making a run, things of that nature. I default to the best player on the court and the talent level because hopefully that will shine through in a universe right now, though, Joe, where we all have to acknowledge that it is unknown how teams are going to respond to what's facing them. Yeah, right. And it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's who's got the talent, who doesn't, uh, when you yep. take the fans out of the equation for them, because like we explained, fans, they're going to back the underdog in every arena, everywhere when it comes to college uh, basketball. Everyone loves an underdog. So like DePaul last night, uh, you know, beating Xavier, it was, by the end of that game, the entire crowd was rooting for the They won a handful of games this year in the Big East. Like, right. you know, all of a sudden now they have, well, they put a damper and they play spoiler to Xavier's, you know, uh, hopes of making the tournament. That's huge for them. And it was huge for the crowd to be a part of it. That crowd's not there. So to your point, Villanova would be very, this is a much different test than even Xavier was. Big difference in class when you're uh, when you're looking at these two teams. Uh, same situation in the Big Ten here today. Ohio State getting ready to go up against uh, Purdue, and yeah. uh, you know these are two programs in the Big Ten. I think we can both agree they they travel well. And Purdue, Mackey Arena, tough place to play. Um, well, it's not there. Uh, this is a neutral site game, and we all know Ohio State fans. They hide in the bushes, man. They come out from everywhere. Yeah, they ain't going to be there uh, to back their team. But I think when when it's all said and done, there is a better team on the court here. And I do think it's Ohio State. It's a small number. I think it opened up at two. Uh, yep. To me, Ohio State wins this game probably rather easily. I agree with you, Joe. Purdue is one of those teams. We've said it in the Big Ten all season long, right, how it is so tough to go on the road and win. Yep. And on some level, Purdue took advantage of that to get to their just barely 500 record in yep. conference. They did well at home. But now you take this on a neutral site. I believe Ohio State is one of those teams that are, you know, improving as the season goes along, getting hot at the right time. I agree with you. This is a, a short number. I'm going to, you know, money line play will be just fine for me with the Buckeyes today. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on, uh, uh, too, uh, the most recent game. If it was within the last, you know, week or two that teams have played, um, you know, ask yourself now with crowd and neutral side, is there really anything 
changed with the team that lost that let me think that they have a better opportunity. I, Ohio State beat them the last time out. Purdue scored 52 points. Ohio State clamped them down. They dropped 68 on them. I don't see how any of that changes in this spot, especially without any Purdue fans backing them or helping them in the underdog role. So Ohio State, to me, especially at that number, yeah, go ahead and take it. And don't forget the neutral site unders here, guys, today. Still across the board. No yep. fans. Uh, I think we'll, uh, I think some of those, especially the higher, the 150s that we told you were up there, uh, I think there are yeah. some opportunities here to be able to uh, to cash in on some totals here today as well. What do we got? Four games in the 150s? Uh, so far, I'm looking at them because also, Joe, you got to realize there's not a lot of lines out, okay? Right. The, you still, know, right, exactly. are not hanging lines for a lot of these games. So yep. we're going to keep an eye on that. But that is an interesting trend that I think may even be stronger today when you add the fact that there's no juice in the building. Joe, yes. I'm looking at Notre Dame and Virginia, okay? Mm -hmm. Because what – when all these other factors are there, right, one of the things we talked about, it, I'll lean towards Miles Powell, right? Another right. thing I will hang my hat on is the Virginia Cavaliers playing defense, Joe. Yes. You know, like they, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter uh, the fans that are in the building. Their defensive scheme travels, and it's going to take a lot to crack them down for Notre Dame, regardless of where they play or who's in the building. I'd say the same thing for the 2-3 zone of Syracuse. Some of these teams that have stalwarts that you can hang their hat on, whether it's a scheme, whether it's a player, you know, we need constants here in this inconsistent days that we're in. There is a uh, matchup here today. Talk about uh, great players. I can't wait to see here, Dana, and I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be an awful lot of fun to watch how this unfolds uh, in the Big Ten. You've got Luke Garza of Iowa taking on Otoro of Minnesota. This is a third crack now for Minnesota uh, against Iowa there. And, yeah, this is going to be – and we love Otoro. This is a kid that, you know, very well – we know he's going to be playing in the association in the not-too-dear-distant future. Definitely a lotto pick. Uh, these are two big men that can go at it, guys, and I anticipate Minnesota winning easily last night. I anticipate Minnesota coming in and exacting a little bit of uh, revenge. Otoro, kid is six foot ten, man. He drops twenty four points against Northwestern last night. Right, cruises to when you have those kinds of stud players, and Luke Garza is the Big Ten Player of the Year here, guys. That you've got two forces of nature going at it. It's going to be a war in this game. The number two is what, 149, 149 and a half? They're anticipating yeah. some scoring. I'm anticipating these two guys going at it. We're talking double teaming on both sides <laughs> and may the best player win. And I think whoever has the better night out of those two guys, that team is winning. Yeah, when you talk about big men uh, being kind of the dominant force on your team, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, that leads to a slower pace of play. More of the yes. half-court sets, right? They ain't running up and down. This is not the SEC like you've been talking yep. about. So yet another reason that this game can skew under, the pace of play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, keep in mind, too, that the the two games that Minnesota played against, uh, against Garza and Iowa, they were 13 of 50 from three-point range. So when you're <laughs> shooting 26%, that's not exactly going to uh, work very well in your favor going up against an Iowa team that can drop dimes from all over the place. 
So I keep an eye on that because they did go last night. They were nine of their first 12 three-point attempts they made against Northwestern. So the hot hand, maybe look at the first half again, Dane. Same, same court, same building, right. same perception, familiarity. At least in the first half, I would lean Minnesota in this one. Right, and correct me if I'm wrong, Iowa did not play yesterday, right? You've talked about That's correct. The, the teams yep. that are kind of rolling, right, or in yes. flow already versus a team like Iowa, who's now got to get it going in the unfamiliar building. At least Minnesota has had that uh, experience already. So maybe that, That's like correct. you said, in the first half, that plays out less so in the second. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that uh, that idea. It's something that we use all the time during conference tournaments because you do have. It's been a hot minute for. We already know neutral sites are difficult. So the sooner a team can get out there, right, and the sooner a team can get familiar with what's going on. And let's say you've got a team that hasn't played in six days. Well, they had to travel, right? They had to get set up in a hotel. They have to wait to see who they're going to play, and then boom. Now they're playing, and this team just dropped, you know, 9 of 12 in the first half alone uh, yesterday from three-point range. So they've got the sideline. They've got the familiarity. They're already used to the routine. It usually shows up in the first half, but then the second half, you know, once the better team usually has a chance to adjust, that's usually when it gets out of hand. Yep, I think that's about right. Uh, But again, who knows today, right? I do think that makes sense, but... We thought the other way when it came to Seton Hall and Marquette, you know, so we can make data say whatever we want. Yep, yep. A lot of Big 12 uh, games tonight. Of course, uh, I love this uh, West Virginia, Texas, Texas Tech. A couple of more games here. We'll, uh, We'll cover them for you here, break them down if they're being played. We'll do it next year on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So taking a look uh, across the board here at some of these uh, some of these 50 games uh, scheduled to be played today in college uh, basketball. And as of uh, right now, they uh, will continue to move forward as we approach 9 a.m. on the East Coast. No word uh, from the tournament directors nor uh, the NCAA as far as uh, whether or not they will continue. But as of right now, uh, they certainly are doing so. And uh, as every minute passes by here, Dane, I'm... Uh, I tend to believe that uh, this might continue, especially with the first games set to shoot off at uh, 12 o'clock here uh, today, yeah. just uh, just about you know three hours away. Uh, teams getting ready, having breakfast. There's uh, you know getting ready to head over to the stadium. No fans. Uh, I'm tending to side with the fact here. Yeah, I thought we would have heard at least by eight o'clock this morning. Uh, the fact that we're approaching nine and still no word. Uh, that tells me that they're okay with the fan aspect of it, and uh, they'll take it from there. Um, I, I'm I'm more optimistic that at least the 12 o'clock games will continue to take uh, shape here. 
I agree. At this point, you know, they're cutting it close. They would have to make some kind of announcement. But then again, Joe, last night in the NBA, you know, the Jazz and the Thunder were warming up. And then they canceled it, right? The, the, the Kings were warming up. And then they canceled it. So I think, you know, all kind of goes out the window if they discover something. Um, I'd also say, listen, the TPC at Sawgrass teed off today, right? It is in play down there in Florida. That's open air. Maybe it's a little bit different. We got spring training games that I think are going on as scheduled. We haven't heard anything about the NBA. You're right, Joe. The noon starts at this point. You know, they're, they're like in charter buses on the way to Barclays, right? Or on the way right. to Madison Square Garden. At this yep. point, I would just hold out, not hope, but we did see the decisions and the situation move very quickly during the day yesterday. I was watching the NBA game. You saw Mark Cuban get the news on his phone. You know what I mean? So I, I you're right. These noon games are probably going to go off, but... This is going to be a very fluid situation throughout the day, pardon the pun. Absent, uh, you know, any player, kid, coach uh, actually testing positive for this, uh, they will, you know, the the biggest issue was the fans. Uh, That was the big issue, that uh, coming in contact with the fans. Now that they've eliminated that, uh, if everything else checks out and we don't have any sudden case, uh, these games in all likelihood look like they are going to – Looks like they're going to go off here at 12 o'clock, at least as of now. But then again, keep in mind, there is no threat of, you know, usually when they cancel things, you got to give the, it's for the fans' purposes, giving them enough time to adjust and not go to the stadium because the last thing they want is a, you know, they don't want fans showing up at the arena and then all of a sudden it was never going to be a game. So the fact that the fans have already been taken out of the equation uh, maybe that window of opportunity to shut it all down is uh, is closer. But with TV networks and TV deals and everything else, uh, there's a lot on the line here. And as we approach nine o'clock, the fact that we haven't gotten this news, I'm right. going to assume that, uh, you know, VCU and UMass are going to go off. I, I'm assuming uh, yeah. we are going to have the Big East tournament uh, go off St. John's and Creighton at noon today. And we told you yeah. here, guys, I, I'm looking at some of these bigger bet handled games thus far and a lot of big east matchups uh getting an awful lot of love here from a betting perspective and uh, of course the michigan rutgers uh, big 10 matchup too is another one purdue ohio state the big 10 and the big east seem to be getting all the early love matchup wise money wise from uh from investors while uh the acc's got a couple of games posted NC uh, NC State Duke, for instance, uh, is a game that is starting to pick up steam. 152 and a half for this one. The total last night in that North Carolina game, uh, I believe, was 150 against uh, Syracuse. So the ACC, it's interesting, except for Virginia. Um, you know, they they tend to score some points, or at least the perception of them scoring some points. And Duke, with how up tempo they are. And North Carolina State, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, they already beat Duke this year. Um, they can score yeah. some points. I don't know how much defense is going to be in with this, but without an arena uh, with, of fans of Duke lunatics uh, back into things, do we get to 152 and a half? I don't know. Listen, and we talked about it earlier in the hour. We just said neutral site total above 150. This yep. one qualifies, Joe. 
right at 152 and a half with Duke and NC State playing in what looks like it's going to be an empty arena, both of them relatively close to home. We'll see what happens. I got a question for you, Joe. The NCAA has come out and said certain things, right? The Ivy League conference made their own independent decision, right? They were like, we're awarding it to Yale, regular season, that's it. What if right. teams or schools make their own independent decision? Like, for example, at Madison Square Garden, you're right. St. Joe's Creighton, that's the first game, right? After that on deck, I believe it's Providence and uh, Butler. Yes. What if Providence is like, you know what? Nah, we ain't coming out. We ain't risking it. Like, what would, what would the Big East do? What would, the, what would Butler do? You know, like, we're seeing, we're seeing states make their own decisions, cities make their own decisions, conferences. Would a team be able to be like, nah, we ain't, we're, we're not going to travel to the Garden today. We don't want to travel. We don't want to risk it. Like, do they have that ability? Well, they can they can not show up, but it's but never going to happen. It's not realistic because yeah. the simple fact is, if somebody came down on the team was sick or something, they're 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 not allowed in the arena anyway. But a team is never going to forfeit, or a university is never going to forfeit uh, the money that comes associated with. Yeah. And and how are you going to explain that yeah, when sure. everybody else is showing up and you don't? There's just too much money involved. From the, it's one thing to have the NCAA or the tournament director or come right, in right. And, and put the kibosh, but you know Providence is fighting uh, for a tight. You know, t- if you're a team that has absolutely nothing to lose, and you're like Ivy League, you know, um, you know, you, they talked about. Uh, I believe Chicago was, uh, you know, Chicago State was another one that said we're not playing the last two games in Seattle. All right, you won three games all year. Nobody's going to miss you whether or not you play. You know, your income doesn't necessarily come derived from playing basketball. A lot of these big-time universities in these schools, I don't think anybody's going to want to fall out of line without a solid reason. And if the reason is the virus, well, then, yeah. They, they, trust me, everybody's going to not play today. But a team right. doing it on their own would be a very costly maneuver to be an abundance of precaution. Um, that's also an abundance of money that you would be walking right. away from. And how do you explain it to the kids that we're, ju- we're doing this for your best interest? You know that the athletes are going to be like, oh, no. Oh, hell no, you're not. No, you know, yeah. we've got a shot to do this. We're going to go ahead and do it, especially if a team like Butler comes out. I mean, Providence, the hottest team in the country. This game, to me, I think is going to be an all-out war. I love Providence. Quietly, they've just gone about their business, both defensively and offensively, and have absolutely boat raced people. And Butler, they started out like a house of fire, and they've just that that slow decline with Butler as the season progressed over the last month. Do not trust Butler in this spot at all. I love Providence moving forward. And now that Xavier's out. Uh, you know, Providence could very well be a dark horse in the Big East to uh, to hold that crown in advance. Yeah, that's possible. You know, I, I still lean towards Creighton and Villanova and Seton mm-hmm. Hall. I think all three of those are sweet 16 caliber teams. And when we talk about it, Joe, with all this other nonsense going around, right, yep. we're going to lean to the quality uh, and specific players that we know can do it. So today, I think you're going to see me do chalky money line parlays, Joe. I'm going to take like a Kansas, a Duke, a Seton Hall, a Creighton, and I'm going to look to find two or three that I find most comfortable with, and I think I'm going to parlay some of the chalky guys today. 
Yeah, Providence uh, winners of six straight, uh, the highest team in the Big East. Butler won their last three, uh, and they're getting points, Providence. So this is, yep. uh, you go from Creighton to Providence, Butler, and then, uh, you know, of course, it'll it'll culminate if we get there tonight uh, with Marquette and Seton Hall. And uh, can, can Marquette, uh, can they get over the hump? They've lost to him twice, so are they going to lose to him a third time? Uh, something to be determined, but... Uh, get ready for the Big Ten to go. A uh, lot of big matchups, teams that we we have followed and top 25 teams that had the day off yesterday. Well, they're ready to go in the quarterfinals today. Teams like Duke and Iowa. Uh, you are going to have also, I believe, the SEC uh, kickoff today, right? Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah. Talk about no defense. Uh, Texas Tech and Texas uh, in the Big 12 get ready to go at it uh, today as well. And And can Texas rebound from throwing up all over themselves. Both of these teams can ill afford a loss if they plan on going to the uh, tournament. That, to me, is a nightmare of a matchup for both of those teams. I cannot wait to see if Shaka Smart rebounds or does Chris Beard continue his path of greatness in the Big 12 trying to defend. Uh, you know, he lost in that game to Virginia last year. Will he be able to advance past Texas today? Uh, a lot of intrigue in that matchup, especially with nobody in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can go out west as well. You, We were right. Arizona got the job done yesterday. They advanced. I'm looking at a rivalry game between Oregon, yep. Oregon State. You have the same kind of things where some of these teams are hot and other ones are coming off the bye, just getting into the flow now. A lot of yep. factors to consider today. Let's go the safe route. We don't know how these kids are going to respond to all the factors that are at play. I'm going money line today. I'm going cream of the hopefully rising to the top. Yep, Penn State, Indiana as well, UCLA, Cal. Uh, Cal pulls the upset over Stanford. The under hits, but uh, but Stanford just, I didn't expect Stanford to be the one not to make it to 50, though. Crazy stuff there. So let the games commence. Uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow, of course. Uh, if it continues, we will just continue to break down these games for you, get you ready for Selection Sunday as long as we can. In the meantime, whatever you play today, whatever games you've got, good luck with them. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. The morning after is next year on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.